All right, so episode 56 with Lee Peel is about to start, and I have to say this was an amazing interview, not only because of the content and the information that she gave you and me, but the fact that I got to interview one of my idols and mentors, because I've been following Lee's stuff for probably six or seven years. Like The moment I got into this industry, I started reading her stuff, and she is just plain awesome and brilliant, and you guys are going to just love this show. Um, And we're going to do two parts of this. So this is part one of two because (laughs) I send a list of questions to all my guests. And I think with Lee, we covered three of them. So we're going to do a part two. Here's part one. Hope you guys like it. Here we go. Hey, guys, welcome back to another episode of Cut the Shit, Get Fit. I'm your host, Rafael Matuszewski. And joining me is the one and only Lee Peel. Say hello. I am the one and only, and I love that you cuss in your intro. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> it makes me happy. Oh, yeah, you can work. swear. You can, you can go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I usually get popped on the back of the hand for that kind of behavior, so it makes me happy. Um, yeah, so can you start with the audience and let them know what you got planned for the weekend? Oh, what I got planned for the weekend. Okay, um, I... I may be going to a, a show uh, tonight. I'm not sure. Um, uh, Katie, it's uh, my assistant who she works with, her family, they got tickets to Toad the Wet Sprocket, which is, um, for anyone who's, who's uh, not familiar with alt-rock 90 bands that were somewhat obscure, that's what they are. Um, and so uh, her parents got ticket for that, and I think that we're going to go do that. And then tomorrow there's uh, eating out at fabulous Mexican restaurants and far too many uh, margaritas will be taken uh, into my body. And then Sunday is the ultimate chill day. Um, and I will be catching up on binging of some sort of television show and eating and relaxing and reading. Cause that's usually what my Sundays are. Even though I don't have a Monday, like, like I don't have a five, like nine to five Monday to Friday thing. I still end up doing the weekend thing. I guess it's because everybody else is doing it. So I feel like I can relax with them. <laughs> so, so that's kind of my weekend this weekend. Yeah. Well, what show are you watching right now? Oh God, what show am I not watching? Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm watching OA, um, which I hadn't ever seen. Um, so I'm, I'm watching OA and I'm watching Glow, which is fantastic. Um, cause it's just light and completely numb, mindless ladies wrestling, which is how, I mean, that's just easy to follow along <laughs> with. Um, oh God, what else am I watching? I know I do a lot of my binge watching, like I'll, I'll, try to get through walking or any sort of cardio or whatnot. Um, because I'm right now I'm writing so much. I have a, I have this like eight week plan on trying to write all these new updates for the fat loss troubleshoot and all these other content things for my members and client programs. So there's a lot of writing happening right now. And even outside of just training, my lifestyle is very sedentary and I hate trying to get in lower grade activity. So as my reward, I'll watch like TV shows while I'm like walking on my treadmill or something like that. Um, just to get myself through it and to get my steps up so I can eat food. So, um, I, I do that and that's when I binge watch a lot of my TV shows. Um, but I'm also, we're watching game of Thrones, um, as a household because who isn't apparently. And, um, yeah, I think that's it. But, but those are the ones that are coming to mind, but there's probably more I'm missing. It's crazy how Game of Thrones got so big and like I'm one episode behind and anytime I go on Facebook, I'm like, oh no, there's another thing out of Game of Thrones. Oh no, there's another thing. And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, I can't, I can't go on social media anymore. No, that I'm not even kidding. I just got caught up literally before the season started, like the day before I got caught up with everything. I was not a fan initially. I, I, it, it was, a, it, I was a hard converter. I don't know if it's that whole, well, everyone likes it and whatever. I, I don't know if there's some sort of a noxious teenager in me still about that. Or if I just didn't click with it or connect with it early on, I don't know. But I, I, my, one of my roommates loves it. She loves the books. She loves the show. She loves it. And she's like, just keep giving it a try. Just keep giving it a try. And then somewhere I think around the end of the third season, beginning of the fourth season or something, I got, I, I, it turned and I was like, okay, 
no, okay, I kind of get it. I'm getting it now. And um, I, I knew everything, though, because my Facebook feed, you know, I, I knew everything that had happened. I, I knew everything about, you know, Hodor, or I knew everything about so-and-so dying, or, like, I, I knew all these things that, like, took place. And so um, it, I was spoiled all the way through. Anytime things were going to happen, I was like, oh, that's that thing I saw on Facebook, like, a year ago. Okay, this is what's <laughs> happening. So I vowed to stay ahead or, or caught up or what have you so that I will never again get spoiled by Facebook because they always spoil me. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah. So for the one person who doesn't know who you are, can you do a little intro of like who you are and what you do and how did you get into this industry? Oh, what I do? What I, <laughs> I try and do something different every time um, so that it's not too boring. Um, I, I'm, uh, I am out of North Carolina. I was born in North Carolina. I'm still here. Um, I, I, uh, I got into the fitness industry over 10 years ago, 11, 12, I can't keep count at this point, somewhere in 2005, I got into the industry. I, uh, worked in a gym setting or working one-on-one with clients or group clients in my earlier days and then transitioned slowly to working a lot more online with paying clients or with, uh, research, um, trying to, uh, relay things in books, writing, etc. Had a big learning curve to getting there, uh, and 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 uh, have basically, I don't know. I I think that I've solidified myself in the fat loss metabolism area pretty good. I think I'm I'm kind of I'm not quite. I haven't hit like legend status. Someone said that the other day. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> no I have to be much older to be in legend status. Like where I'm. I think I'm just kind of maybe getting close to a tenure. <laughs> kind of zone. Um, I, am definitely in it. Um, I, I was lucky enough to get started on the internet a little bit earlier than other people. So I have somewhat page authority, if you will. Um, but fat loss and, and, and metabolism research is my thing though. I, I do love training. I do love talking about training. I do love talking about altering and, and cultivating the type of body that someone wants, both in strength or aesthetics. Um, and, uh, but mostly I do work with, I do work with gen pop. I do work with people. My favorite thing is to work with people that have never achieved something before versus working with someone that has always had something and, um, they're trying to modify and maybe make it a little bit better. I think it's really amazing to take someone that's never had the body they wanted or never achieved something that they've wanted to achieve and, and get them to achieve it. It's just really satisfying. Maybe I'm just a huge narcissist, but it's just really satisfying to get you know, to someone to who's like in their in their in their twenties, thirties, or forties, or, or something, and never had the body they wanted to have, that never been close, and and um, help them achieve that. So I, I'd say that I help people make dramatic transformations. Um, I I also do help with uh, weight cutting and fights or, or uh, weight cutting or slight um, alterations for body compositions or um, figure competitors and things like that. I do do that. I know how to manipulate water like nobody's business. But um, I, I would have to say my favorite thing to do is dramatic transformations. It's really um, someone just overhauling their life and body. That's that's kind of where my bread and butter is or at least what I, what I really like to do the most um, or helping people become better in their mindset about their body, especially with recovering of, of, um, of eating disorders or disordered eating habits or whatnot, not on a medical level, but when they're dealing with a doctor or a therapist or whatnot, helping them understand the science of what's happening with nutrition, metabolism, et cetera. So it gives you kind of a rundown, um, I, I think, of what yeah. I do, who yeah, I am. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, okay. Um, I was going to say, because like, I, th- I would call you almost like an early adopter of this whole like online training thing. So I'm almost curious. I was. Yeah, like... I, I'm almost like curious, like, what was your process, like, if you, way back when you first started to get a new client, and if you had any systems in place, or were you like, oh, shit, people want to train with me, I should, like, <laughs> I guess, email them or something like that? Yeah, I, I would say it was pretty organic. Um, I, it, there was not a lot of thought to it. It, it did, hey, are you, do you, would you work online? It, it was people asking me a little bit. Um, I, I, I think that a lot of it was born out of the fact that and anyone who either has a gym that they run their own or, or works within a really good established gym that has a really good reputation or people that work online know that there's such a beauty and gift in having people come to you who kind of already know you or having people that come to you that already have a certain kind of reputation versus being a guy that just like checks boxes at any time fitness or something because it's it can be really painful 
working with a certain type of gin pop that does not have a certain level of respect for what we do and how hard what we do is. Um, and how, how difficult the process is. You, you have people that run to trying to change their lives haphazardly or even akin it to like, Oh, I'm going to go to the spa or I'm going to go to the gym. And they don't, they don't really take their body or care of their body seriously or what they're trying to do with their lives seriously. They just feel like it's something they're going to do or something that they have to do. Um, but they, they're not really committed to it. I couldn't stand working with that subset of population, not because there's anything wrong with them. You know, they have to have their click moments, but it, it made it more for tedious sessions and rep counting, and I didn't love it. So I went online as a refuge, and I went online to 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 kind of be with people that took it more seriously. Yeah, that that took my you know, colleagues that took it more seriously, clients or people that are trying to change their lives that took it more seriously. And in doing that, people were like, "Hey, you know, do you do it? Like, would you work from a distance? Would you work online? Is that something that you would do?" And at first, I I. I charged extremely low rates. I mean, I think I did like $50 a month or something like that. Um, it was extremely low rates and it took me just hours upon hours to, 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 to converse with them via email to write their programs because I wasn't just like sending them some sort of sheet document that I had printed off of something. We were having like long engaged conversations, me explaining how things work, me learning things in the process of it all too. So the early days, it was, it was really, there wasn't a real template for it. And, and I kind of had to figure out my own style and my own way of doing it. And I still figure out new ways to improve time management, new ways to improve how I, I converse with them and, um, and how to make the process most efficient without it being sterile and dry. And it just something they can get out of an app if it was what they wanted. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I, I definitely was doing online training before a lot of other people were doing online training and, 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 um, I, I still found it so much more rewarding though, because at least they really cared and were really passionate about what they wanted to do, which is why I gravitated towards ultimately I work with people in person, but I literally just have them come down and train with me like for like fun. Like, it's not for money. It's just, you want to come and train with me? You want to learn stuff? If you can get here, we'll train. <laughs> I'm <laughs> awesome. not going to charge you. And yeah, you know, like I'm not going to charge you anything. Um, if you want to be a client, you can be a client online, but, but if you want to just train with me, then, then we'll just train. We'll talk. We'll, we'll go through emotions. We'll just, we'll do things. Um, because I love doing that. I just love doing it with people that are passionate and just really like to train. I don't like doing it with someone who I'm like, no, come on. Now you can do this. <laughs> you know, that's, that's like trying to do, that's not really what I enjoy very much. I, I like joint working one-on-one -on -one with people that just really like to, to, to learn. So yeah. Sweet. Long one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so how do you keep your like online clients accountable? Like, cause even in person, sometimes, like you were saying it, you almost have to like drag the client cause you know, they need to exercise, they need to move, but at the same time, you can't want it more than them. And you almost have to find like a level of like, not too much, but not too little. Like, how do you keep your online clients going in the right direction? Yeah, one price helps. I know that sounds silly, <laughs> but um, when you get to to be my and and I and I think it's important for people that if the trainers are listening, this um, I'm not cheap. I, I'm not, and um, so for one, if you're going to work with me, for God's sakes, <laughs> at least like get it done. There is like an incentive there, I uh, because you're paying me so much. So that does help. Uh, but I, I have a filter at this point for the people that I work with that if you find me, if you know me, I have a waiting list. By the time you end up working with me, uh, you know that it's not like, oh, it's kind of a big deal. But you know that I'm taking it seriously. This is something to get done. And I don't hang on to people. I don't, I don't like fire them because they're not having like a good week, but I tried to really move them on to the next phase of, okay, you've done what you need to do. I'm here for accountability, like to, to have check-ins and to make sure that you're still doing what have you, but program design and stuff like that isn't so much needed. So I, I do have a tendency to gain very motivated clients, um, or clients that have been with so many other trainers and they're tired of not getting results and they just really want results that motivation helps and, and explaining things to them and getting them results helps. But what I do find, um, especially since body composition or fat loss or slow body recomposition, you know, gaining a little bit of muscle here or losing a little fat there is, is what happens with me. I do find that explaining everything along the way 
why things are happening the way they're going to happen has been uh, so important because people will come to me and be like, well, I don't understand the scale did this this week and the scale did that this week. I explained to them exactly why the scale did that. I explained to them exactly why they're feeling the way they're feeling or, or try to on the best of my level. I've been doing it so long and I've had to do it utilizing my words because we're online. We only have words. It's not like I can just turn to them and give them like a sympathetic, oh, I understand kind of look. I I have to formulate my thoughts into words and I have to find a thousand and one unique ways of saying, it's just going to take time. (laughs) It's going to be okay. You can get through this. And and um, I, it's funny, I was, I was talking about this to Kevin last night, but one of the most important things is it's just not to break. Like as a trainer, you don't break. You don't let them break you. You don't let their fears and insecurities get to you. If you know that they're doing what they're, they need to be doing, like you, you know that you have a compliant client and it's just a matter of we can only lose fat so fast or we can only gain muscle so fast or we can only gain strength so fast. Um, and they're just being impatient. It's your job to stay firm in, in your confidence. And I'm really confident about my job. I know what I'm doing. So because I'm very confident in what I'm doing, I can relay that confidence to them. I'm not ever sitting there going, well, uh, what if, what if there is something wrong? What if they, what if they do need to do this? What, what if this isn't, I'm not doing that. I know what's up. I know what's going down. I know what's taking place. It's all predictable. I've seen it a thousand times before. It doesn't mean I don't listen to their story and their individual issues, but um, usually nine times out of 10, I know exactly what's going on. So when you have that kind of confidence, you can relay it to them. And when you can relay to them that kind of confidence, they feel it and they feel safer in your keep, so to speak. So I tried to just be a really informed leader and make them feel safer in my keep. And, And thus far, it's worked out very well. And I think nowadays, too, like clients almost want the results faster the way our world's going. And I was having a conversation with one of my online clients yesterday and he, he feels kind of like frustrated. Things are not going the right way. And I'm like, OK, let's let's pull up your file here. I'm like, all right. So you've been with me six months. You've lost 23 pounds. All, all <laughs> you had to like buy all new clothes. I'm like, I think we're going in the right direction. He's yep. like, oh, OK. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> no, I do. Yeah, that's yeah. perfect. No, yeah, I don't mean to interrupt you. And that's awesome. That's perfect. I'll do that too. I'll be like, well, look, here's the math. Here's the stats. Here's the possible changes. Here's the top level of what you can achieve. Here's the bottom level of what you can achieve. You're achieving above the bottom level of what you can achieve. Well, what's the problem? You know, and of course I'll say it with a lot more kindness and tact than that. But, but like, that's the point. Like we, and, and you held firm, you held strong. Some coaches can't, some coaches, they, they let it get into their head and, and, um, and then their clients can feel that and they'll be like, well, I don't know, or they'll just get rid of them. You're not fitting in my box. You're not making my job easy. Goodbye. <laughs> um, and, and people, yeah, they do that. So, um, I think that that really shows a testament to a good coach that can do that, that can stand firm and just keep chugging along because there's a lot of weeks and I don't celebrate scale drops with my clients. I don't, I don't celebrate scale drops. I don't celebrate any of that. I celebrate mindset and habits. I celebrate consistency. So if they've had like a week where they drop like two pounds, I'm not like, oh my God, congratulations. Because what's going to happen the the week after that when they don't? Because they won't. Because it always happens like that. You know, there's even the next week they might gain a little bit because that's, you know, what takes place. Most of them aren't even allowed to weigh. But if they are, I'm just like, good, keep chugging along. Next week you might not. So just go ahead and be prepared for it because this is a process. And, And so I try to just keep with the mindset and consistency versus a lot of um, potentially shallow celebrations that give them the wrong impression of what we're looking for. Because what we're looking for is ultimately what they want to see either in the, in the weight room or in the mirror or in the alterations of their body composition. That's what we want to see. So I try to give very little fanfare to uh, things like that because I've found, because I've been doing this so long that the one week you do that. And then two weeks, they, they're having bad two weeks because maybe they had two maintenance days they feel bad about. And then they had a couple of less lower calorie days or some isolated days where they were sick and they didn't feel good or something like that takes place. And they had two weeks of being, quote unquote, stuck, which they're not really, but they feel that way. They're upset because they're not getting that same pat on the back. I give them the same pat on the back if they keep trying, they keep pushing forward, and they keep being consistent. I celebrate it all. And I, I find that that's really important, too. Yeah, like I like 
celebrating the small victories, like the fact that a client went to sleep 15 minutes earlier when they right? only get like four hours of sleep on average or yes, it's like, yes. Oh, you drank more than half a cup of water today. That's fucking awesome. Like, yes. And they're like, yeah, I guess so. This is good. Right. I'm like, yeah, it is. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I totally do the exact same thing. You know, that's the kind of stuff, honestly, I, I hype up more than uh, deprivation of food intake, which it has to happen. But you know, it, it I, I really celebrate those exact same things and um, just taking care of yourself, just being mindful. I mean, that's awesome. You're trying. So few people do that. Yeah. So I try to keep them pumped in that way, you know, and, and, and not just be like, oh, yeah, you know, you only get a high five if you lost weight or, oh, yeah, you only get a high five if, if like your lats are popping a little bit more. I, I don't, you know, I don't, I try not to do that very much. I, I think it's better to focus on the mindset of it. Definitely. So now like, because almost this day and age, almost every trainer that gets into the industry, they want to get into online training because they think they're going to be like making six figures within three months and just being <laughs> yeah. like awesome online. Like, has there anything that you don't like seeing online that or that oh. coaches are doing incorrectly or something like that? Like, <laughs> what are your pet peeves of people trying to get into online training? <laughs> Can of worms. Um <laughs> mm. What don't I like? Um, what I, I really, oh God, what don't I like? Um, what I really don't like about it is one, um, it isn't, it is, I'm not going to lie. Obviously there's money making opportunities there and obviously it is, it, it's a job. Um, I don't like it when people don't look at it as a job. That's for one, because it is a job. And if you're trying to cut corners and cheat through it, your clients are going to suffer. Um, I don't like cookie cutter programs. I don't like just people treating people as calculations. Um, the only time that that really works in my opinion is when you have really a really certain subset of the population that already has a generally decent body. They're looking to make moderate gains or moderate losses. And really almost anything that you do with them is going to result in some sort of a positive outcome in which that they can see, you know, you take a, a 22 year old guy and he's he's already got partially showing abs or he's skinny and he just needs to gain a little muscle mass or what have you. There's not a lot that if you don't have at least a moderate amount of knowledge in it that you're not going to achieve results in. And you achieve those results in that kind of guy and everyone's patting themselves on the shoulders and being like, oh my God, look at this thing I did. I made a skinny guy look just a little less skinny and muscly. It's not, I mean, it, do, it does not take a lot of rocket science to do that. Um, it, it's, it's a lot easier to do that than to take a 30 year old woman who's had two kids and she's a good 10% over body fat of what she needs has very little muscle mass to get her to, to make a dramatic shift or change two very different clients and that mom will gravitate towards the guy that does the thing for the young guy that has a little bit of a change because it looks so impressive because his mirror selfie is so great. It's nice and everything and in theory. And I'm not saying that just because you have those guys, you can't do what it is you need to do. And I, I'm friends with guys in the industry that, that do that. But on average, you really need to think about who you're going with as a coach. And, and you probably need to work with people that are either a used to working with quote unquote difficult or harder clients or be at least are somewhat like you and somewhat understand what you're going through because, uh, just going for the online trainers that look really hot on their Instagram, probably not going to work out for you very well. And that's not to not hot Instagram models. I'm friends with some of them, but, but like, it's just, it, you have to, you have to think about what your goals are and what you need. And one of my pet peeves is those kinds of trainers just trying to fit everyone that comes to them in a box. And because they look hot, they can just cycle through as many clients as they want and hope that they land on the jackpot with some easy ones and forget about the other ones that didn't work really well for them. And, and they do that. And that bothers me. The other thing that bothers me is trying to manipulate your clients because you put them on an extreme diet or a, a, a Mac, extreme macronutrient restrictive diet, which is usually keto or low carb. They have water drops, they have losses uh, in in water, and they're thinking, oh, great, I can eat all this fat I want, I can eat all these calories I want, and they confuse keto with low calorie, and people start losing water and actually packing on body fat because they don't see the body fat being packed on as quickly because they've lost water. So you can, for example, go on a ketogenic diet 
and you can cut out your carbohydrates, drop two or three pounds, four pounds, five pounds within two weeks, um, just from sheer water glycogen and a little bit of food volume, be eating in an excess of caloric needs and fat and actually be gaining fat during that time thinking you've lost it. Then you hit week four and you hit a stall and you're like, oh, that's weird. I'm stalled. Week five, that's weird. I'm kind of stalled. That's weird. You go back to eating a normal diet. You've gained fat. You gain back all the water and the carbohydrates that you eat and you end up worse off than you were all because some coach thinks it's great to have big drops right in the beginning. Hate that. <laughs> Obviously, I hate that because it ends up making people fatter or staying exactly the same. And they seem to get the impression that they've made these like great body composition changes because it's an instant gratification. And I do not believe in coaches that celebrate instant gratifications that aren't real. And it doesn't mean you can't use low carb or ketogenic or whatnot in the right ways. But um, people that just utilize it, not even understand what they're doing very dangerous for the client and their mindset. And it ends up just having these people bounce around, not knowing what's going on. Well, I did ketogenic and you're supposed to lose on that. And I didn't lose on that. And I don't understand and what's wrong with my body. And you end up sending people into a panic and in a frenzy and, and they don't know what to do and they feel unsafe. So those trainers do that. Those nutritionists do that. I hate that. <laughs> and, that and it's a pet peeve of mine. Um, I mix many other things, but I, I would have to say that that either cycling through only the kind of people that you can work with and pretending that all your clients are successful because those are the kind of people you work with or manipulating people and then pushing them away once their instant success isn't great. Yeah, not a fan of either of those two things. And not to be a complainer, but I, I could go on. But just, you know, care about your you know, just care about your clients as you care about your family or your friends, you know. And some people have the best of intentions and they don't know. But there's some that are just charlatan in it and, and, and not giving any cares at all. And they're fine to just keep getting month after month of new client and then pushing them away. Nah, I don't think that's cool. No, those, those were good answers because <laughs> I, I, feel, <laughs> I feel, I feel the same way. Good. Okay. <laughs> um, so I'm kind of curious, like how do you coach nutrition? Cause there's, like you said, like there's ketogenic diet and there's trainers that want to go only paleo and some people only do habits. Like what's your kind of take on it when you get a client? Um, Shocking, but it's really different for everyone. Um, it, it literally, I don't think I have one client that does the same thing. And it's because I get different people at different walks at life and different times or different education. Uh, some people come to me and you, I will say, again, I've kind of set up a bit of a funnel or a filter in which that by the time you get to me, you do usually have some sort of basic understanding of nutrition. You listen to me on Fitcast, or or you you got one of my first books, or something like that. You know, one of those types of things. Because I'm I'm not a flashy hot internet model. <laughs> it's not me. So, it's not like I'm I'm all over and it's like, oh, she's really cool. I want to look like her. Hey, do you take on clients? I don't get those. You know what I mean? I get people who are like, oh my god, I've been doing this for so long. Please, you know, like please <laughs> save me. So usually those those kind of people are who I get that come to me and um, they do have some basic or pretty good basic foundation of nutrition. Uh, and with those individuals, it's usually going the least complicated path that works for them because they understand calorie counting. They probably weighed their food at some point. They, they, they can probably tell you what a handful of almonds is in caloric measured, at least from our arbitrary scale of measuring it. So they don't really need me to tell them hey, you need to have uh, 100 grams of protein here and you need to have 40 grams of this, that, and you need to, to supplement with branched-chain amino acids and some creatine and this, that, and the other and, and go ahead and do this. They don't need all that. Um, what they usually need is mindset advice, how to control um, their expectations, how to not be um, working so much in their procrastination, altering their mindset of what they think they deserve. There's actually a lot more head issues that we work on versus specific nutrition macronutrients. So there's a, there's a lot of people in which that I, I try to determine the maintenance. I try to determine where they are. We work on their lifestyle and what kind of works within their norm. And then we take away or we add and we play with those games and, and I try to get people if they need to gain weight or, or gain in, in caloric levels because they've been under eating for a long time. I try to help them do that as least painfully as possible. Or if they need to lose body fat, um, I try to help them do that as least painful ways as possible and, and really 
go back to basics of, of good, healthy mindset with eating. Because a lot of the people that come to me usually don't have a very good mindset in eating anymore. A lot of them know what they need to do. They just aren't doing it. Um, so that's, I say, a big chunk of my client. And each one of them I kind of do in different ways. And it's it's a matter of kind of knowing your client and knowing people. Um, some people just really don't want to count calories. They don't even want to portion things. But I can tell someone who wants to go out and eat at a tapas restaurant every night and and have wine or, or breakfast every morning with their husband, how they can still lose body fat without having to count a thing. And it, it's just a matter of getting into their life, almost sitting with them at their table, seeing the things that they eat, them sending me snapshots of their foods, understanding what it is they're doing, and me telling them what they can add and what they can take away. And then it just happens. And they have to be consistent with it. They have to not feel sorry for themselves. They have to be in a good place. They have to want to do it. All of these things are really important. So there's those. And then there's people that do have more aggressive goals. Like if I'm working with someone that's trying to achieve figure competitor um, levels of leanness or trying to work on those kinds of things or more aggressive body recomposition, a lot of what we'll work at is obviously their training aspect of things and just try to tailor the nutrition around that as much as possible. And I focus more on their training and their low-grade activity. Um, so it's not a lot of cardio. It's very very rarely is there a lot of cardio unless you actually are a conditioning client. Um, very little cardio, a lot of weight training, a lot of um, trying to actually get people to fire where they need to fire and, and their muscle groups so they can have the development and growth they want. And keeping the nutrition more to the side of things, making sure that it's in the right deficit, surplus, maintenance kind of area, but making sure that them, their focus on their activity and their training is more on point um, unless they have really unhealthy eating behavioral habits. And then yeah, that's going to be a completely other re uh, overhaul. So it really is different for each client. I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, you're going to get these macros every month. We're going to do low carb. I'm the low carb trainer. Or I'm the paleo <laughs> trainer. I don't do that. I actually don't. Um, none of my clients are on low carb diets. They're on low carb diets in the aspect of like sad you know, you get a standard American diet. Um, you know, they're on low fat diets compared to that. They're on high protein diets compared to that. Um, but there's, there's no, there's no low carb. There's no paleo. There's no, this, uh, there's no food restrictions. There's not, they can't eat anything. They have minimal macros that they have to hit for their health and body and based upon who and, um, you know, the, any sort of governing agency in, in our in various countries that that put out actually really good reports that we want to act like that aren't good, but they actually are pretty pretty well researched, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, but um, so they have minimal macros that they have to hit from there, uh, but they're a lot lower than what people claim in protein, fat, or or carbohydrates. So we work within that and then kind of add and tinker to their lifestyle. And everyone makes really good decisions with their eating once they're told. Hey, you, you can eat fun things. You can have days where you just drink a little or you do this. They're, they're happy. I mean, they're, they're depriving themselves sometimes if they're trying to do fat loss, but that's what fat loss is. You, there, it's deprivation. You, you do have to deprive yourself. You, you do have to be in a caloric deficit on some level. It can be a small one or a large one. But, you know, once you just wrap your head around maintenance in your life and what it's going to be, it's really not that complicated. You just have to get it done. Getting it done can be complicated. Um, and really hard. And that's what I help people do. You know, people write to me and they're not like, Oh my God, I had no idea of food. They write to me and they're like, I couldn't be doing this this week if you weren't keeping me accountable. And, and, and that's a big part of what I do. So. No, that makes sense. And like, I totally agree with you. It, it should be individualized. And again, going back to those online trainers, they probably have a template for every person yep. that signs up. Yes, so they it's do. Like, you have to it fit into crazy. this. Just go to a calculator. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And I think like this will go well into our next question from Facebook. And Nick was asking about almost like, depending on where you are in the world. So an example is like my wife, she's Filipino and she can mm -hmm. eat white rice like nobody's business every single day and not gain a pound. Whereas you maybe give that white rice diet to an American, they might blow it up and feel like complete shit. So do you know anything about like people from different parts of the world? And there are different enzymes. Yeah. yeah. Like there, they, yeah, there are, um, there are studies with, um, it's, it is ridiculous to think that, um, now I would say 
I haven't found a lot of Americans have a, a, a grave intolerance to rice uh, as a whole. But um, with that being said, it, within each culture, there are different um, kind of natural enzyme increases that we have that make people have better responses to certain starch-based carbohydrates, um, certain fats too. It's, you know, and everyone always puts it to carbohydrates because it's the evil right now. But guess what? It happens in fats as well. It happens to, to, it happens to fats. It happens, it happens within nuts. It happens within beans. It happens within rice. Um, it, it happens within oils. There's certain oils that, that literally run rancid in people's bodies, but you don't ever hear about that because you know, fat's good. Carbs are bad <laughs> because that's what, you know, and, but in the eighties it was the reverse. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's what it is. And I, it's, it's tiring. It's very tiring, but there are, um, there are certain dietary intakes of food in which that uh, I, it's, I'm a vegetarian and, uh, I really do not respond well to basically any sort of, uh, uh, sheet skin material of any sort of bean or, or pea. So that's really sucks for me. I still eat it anyway. <laughs> and I have to like watch the quantity and amounts that I eat it. But you know, basically if it's a green pea or uh, any sort of uh, kidney bean or Navy bean or black bean, that outer shell, it just really bothers me. It really bothers my digestive system. Rice, I'm fine with. Um, corn, I'm okay as long as it's processed and sorted to tea shell. <laughs> you know, like it's, it, you, you just, you have different things that, and, and I am really Northern European. Like that's my background. Like I'm, I'm pale and Northern European. And um, I, I basically uh, don't tolerate much of anything because I think we were just genetically birthed to just stay indoors but um and it's fine i i i work around it and i do what i can to work around it and there is research in it um different um ethnic backgrounds will process things very very well than others and and it's i i couldn't cite you on one study that shows that one type of people per se are only going to respond well to this and others are always going to not you just, it's worked, it's within your genes, it's within your enzymic activity. You can also aid the in, uh, enzyme activity with um, with literally taking digestive enzymes with something that you don't have a, a, a easy time digesting if it's a short-term thing. Like, you know, you're going to an, a, a function or event, you might eat something, you can pop a, a digestive enzyme for that. Um, and you can also train it too. Um, sometimes people have resistance in the beginning because it's not something that's normal in them. And over the course of a couple of uh, months, they actually start to tolerate it better. So it just really depends. And uh, I think make sure that if something does aggravate you, um, that it actually aggravates you and you're not just scared from it. That is a very important point. Uh, make sure it's not just, oh, I've been on a ketogenic diet for a long period of time and I started eating carbs again and I blew up. Well, one, some of that blow up might be actual retention of glycogen again <laughs> because with carbs come water. And so we have to. Um, we have to retain uh, glycogen when we when we eat carbohydrates and, and, and that comes with water. So some of that blowing up might actually be swellingness or tenderness from you taking in the glycogen again. And especially that usually comes with not focusing on training. So it's not like people get it in a big pump, you know, it's not like they're getting it with their bicep all popped out. <laughs> yeah. They're usually getting it sitting on the couch, feeling sorry for themselves, binging on Netflix. That's a very different kind of glycogen feel, you know, it's, it's, it's very different. And two, we have enzymes that, um, even if they process normally for a while, uh, at the moment that we cut back on it, we will kick up the enzyme production that we have of certain things that we're taking in because the body's like, Oh, you're not taking in this. So you don't need as much of this production. So we're going to kick up the other. And it takes a while to get back into a cycle. It's an actual process. You know, if you're going on an extremely low carb diet for a long period of time, you really do have to work on slowly reintroducing certain carbohydrates to get your enzymes back up to it and sometimes even aid with digestive enzymes for a short period of time until things kind of regulate. So you just have to watch for the variables and to make sure that you understand what's taking place. No, that makes sense. And like for me, I'm from Poland and growing up, <laughs> everything was just potato based. Like even our vodka is potato based. And if I could, <laughs> I could eat like a whole plate of potatoes and feel amazing. And I'm like, all right, let's go freaking go work out or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like, I'm a, I'm, I'm of your people. Potatoes <laughs> yeah. are my thing. I can eat potatoes in any form. And I, totally, <laughs> any yeah. form. and I totally understand the whole like pale thing. Like I'm super pale. And anytime yep. I went on vacation, 
my clients are like, where's your tan? I'm like, I don't tan, I burn. Like, yep. Yep. <laughs> the only way of me getting dark is if I get more tattoos. That's about it. Yep. Yep. I'm the exact same way. And either that or some freakish like fitness competitor competition bronzer. That's the only way <laughs> yeah. I'm getting dark on any sort of level because it's just not happening. That is not my people. Um, so yeah, I'm of your people, um, potatoes and not tanning. So that's what it is. And, and you just, it, it's nothing wrong with looking to your ancestors to see kind of what was eaten and, and to eat into that vein. But it doesn't necessarily mean you can't try other things too. Um, I, I also survive very well on um, Indian food. I don't know why, but a lot of Indian food works very well for me. Do good for Indian food. So it just it just depends. But I, I do terrible with soy-based products, which again, as a vegetarian, it's not very convenient. In fact, I'm just slowly killing myself for no reason whatsoever. But that's a different <laughs> podcast question. <laughs> um, I was going to jump into supplements because like... Again, with all these online trainers, the big trend right now is like all those infographics being posted like every single day. And I've oh. seen, yeah, I've seen a couple where the topic of like BCAAs have been popped up that if you take them, they're just a waste of money and you're just pissing out expensive urine. Like, what's your opinion about BCAAs and supplementing them into your diet? Yeah, um, generally speaking, I will say that the use of branched chain amino acids is not necessary for those who are already getting a very complete um, protein diet. If, if you have meat in your diet and you're not in any sort of severe, and th- this is where it comes into play a lot. I remember when branched chain amino acids like blew, like on this, on the scene, like pretty hard. Um, it was kind of when I came about into things. I mean, it was a little popular earlier on, but it really, in my opinion, had its heyday um, somewhere around, 2007 or 2008, it was like, I, I think every other day it was just, so how many branched chain amino acids are you? And what well, is kind of this or kind of that? Um, and a lot of that also came about because people were doing a lot of PSMF. They were doing a lot of really low calorie uh, diets with a lot of heavy uh, cardio or a lot of heavy training or a lot of heavy volume workouts at the same time. And with that type of training and with going extreme, is there a use for branched-chain amino acids? Yeah, as a backup, just to make sure that everything's okay because you're literally grinding yourself so hard. Although there was some research that came out years later that said the intake of them wasn't really that helpful, even in those situations, um, just because of how severe what you were doing to yourself is. So then it kind of like went back around, and as it always does. And um, what I find in research and, and what I find to be also just logical is if you're having a meat-based diet, you eat meat. Um, and, and I say meat because um, I don't think that a vegetarian diet this applies either because you do get some in milk, um, but, but it's only if you're really supplementing with, with whey protein or you're drinking like a ton of milk, which is possible um, if you're a big bro and, and you're really making the gains. <laughs> but if you have, you have meat in the diet, if you have like really good meat in the diet and you're not in any sort of extreme deficit, I don't really see any reason or need and research doesn't really see any reason or need to be supplementing with branching amino acids. If, however, you're a vegetarian and a vegan, a vegan especially, and you're even at maintenance or in any sort of a deficit. I think that it's logical to think uh, that it could be a little bit of a backup um, to make sure that your bases are covered. And in general, I like to look at the vegan or vegetarian diet as your bases are covered because it's not a natural diet. Um, it's not you are being deficient or, or deficient of certain things that you need. And you have to make sure that you supplement to make sure you're making up for those deficiencies and People would jump on me very fast for saying that, but as a vegetarian, that is how I feel (laughs) because you are going to miss out on certain nutrients and vitamins and um, certain higher levels of amino acids. So that's what I think is more logical. You have to look at the circumstance, um, but very rarely do people who are in a meat-based diet need them um, unless they're in a great deficit just to be sure or just to be uh, covering things. Um, but you certainly don't need it in any way, shape or form if you're in a maintenance or, uh, in any sort of a bulking or, or slightly surplus of amino a- acids when, when you're eating a meat-based diet. No, uh, it's, it's really not, it's really not necessary. And as are most supplements, they're not necessary. Um, I, I had a big discussion about creatine and, and, um, a lot of people kind of tout creatine as like the one like legitimate supplement. You hear that a lot. It's like, oh, of course, you're going to have a legitimate supplement. That's one. And, um, 
I, I, there is good research about creatine. Um, there, there, especially if you use it in, in cycles. Um, but it doesn't come without consequences to certain subsets of the populations. And it's usually often used again in, uh, fat loss or deficits. And there's a degree of water retention that comes with it, or there's a degree of a swole, if you will, that comes with <laughs> utilizing your creatine. And so a lot of people confuse that with not making any gains. They'll start it in a cycle when they go into fat loss, they'll get their pump, they'll get their this. And that if you're utilizing that, you need to make sure not to care at all about what the scale is doing, especially if you're a small guy or a small female, because you're going to be seeing alterations and changing in the mirror, but not a lot of alterations are changing uh, during the cycle of that in the scale. So, um, I'm not a huge fan of supplements in general. I like, it's going to sound weird, but I like drugs. (laughs) I like actual things that do. Yeah. You know, like I like things that do something, um, that really do do something. And, and that, uh, I'm, I'm not so much for the naturalists, um, either eat your food and don't do anything at all and lift and sleep and, and do the basics, which is greater than any of it. Um, or if you're, you're going to use AIDS or whatnot, use AIDS that, that are actually scientifically backed that have really good studies that say, when you take these things, stuff really happens. Um, that's, that's where I stand on supplements. And for, I don't know, the majority of supplements I see, most of them are a waste of time and money. Uh, what about if someone was doing intermittent fasting? Cause I remember, I don't know yeah. how long ago that was yeah. when John Berardi wrote his article about it. And he said, you should take branch chain amino acids during your fasted state. Like, do you agree with that? Um, there's been some studies that talk about, and generally speaking, when we take any sort of pill, uh, vitamins, branched amino acids, anything like that, in order to uptake things, we usually have to have a circulation of actual uh, food in our body. We have to have digestion, digestion taken place. So, um, if, if you're in a fasted state, your uptake of whatever it is that you take in is not going to be as efficient. It's not going to be as good. Um, that doesn't mean that you won't uptake some of the branch chain amino acids or some of, of a vitamin that you, that you take. And, and obviously there's the, the argument about even taking vitamins or multivitamins unless you have a deficiency, et cetera. I would say, um, from the research that I've seen and, 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 you know, when he hopped on that train, it was a while back, uh, there's been some research that's come out since. Um, so that's not to say, Oh, John's wrong. Um, I'm just saying, you know, we see more and more research about what we up, how we, well, we uptake supplements and we, we uptake it. Eh. You know, like it, it's, it's, we, we, we uptake it best with the circulation of amino acids. It's how like you uptake fatty, um, fatty based, uh, vitamins, um, anything that's a fat based vitamins, you uptake it best when you're actually eating fat. That's when you uptake it best. Um, you uptake certain vitamins best when you eat certain things, and you also almost don't take it at all when you're eating other things because there's there can be blockers. Um, it's, it's taking supplements and, and and vitamins and minerals are actually really complicated science and field, and people just act like you can just pop things in your mouth and everything goes okay. So I would say. Um, if you're doing long fasts, like 24 hours or 36 fasts, like you're not eating for an entire day. I don't know why you'd want to do that. <laughs> but, um, so that you get, uh, and if you're doing it, because that's the only way you can get the deficit done, you have to understand the certain level of it that comes with a loss of lean body mass because it just will. Um, it doesn't mean aggressive atrophy, but it does mean that a certain level would take place. I don't really know how well branched chain amino acids would help you in that. Um, I, I don't think it would be enough to, to offset any of that. And I actually think that the amount that you would need to take would make you kind of sick. So I, I think it would be best to just eat within a day. And if you eat within a day, then you're not going to have any issues with atrophy and therefore you would not have any issues with needing to take branched chain amino acids. So um, if you're doing longer fast than that, you're trying to do something to achieve a spiritual enlightenment or to just try to get the deficit done because it's the only way that you can do things. And well, more power to you, but I don't think that branched chain amino acids is going to help very much. Okay. Uh, I wanted to go into another Facebook question because we're like already at an hour. Um, (laughs) uh, May asks, would love to hear how she manages to stand firm on her ground in the midst of all the nonsense bullshit in the fitness and nutrition industry with a smiley face. Ah. (laughs) I'm very stubborn. (laughs) Very stubborn indeed. Um, I, I think one of the things that's made it very easy is I... 
other than some training things, I would say that my nutritional uh, point of view, I would not say that it hasn't changed at all. But I would say that my nutrition point of view has altered very, very little from the very beginning. Um, I, if you look at my past, <laughs> I did not hop on paleo. I did not hop on keto. I didn't hop on this. I, I've pretty much stayed consistent um, on on my points of views because I, I really do take it from research. Um, and while I, I do think that there's ways that you can optimize things or that you can you can utilize certain dietary systems to help you. I try to look at it from from the basics of nutrition instead of names, labels, or fads. And that's also just because I'm picky and and I I, I take qualms with with um, literalness of like names or or what things are being done. So it makes it easy for me to stay firm because I'm not, God, this is gonna sound so so shitty. I'm not gonna be like, oh, well, I was always right, but <laughs> I've 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 had a tendency to to kind of you know be right about things, and and I I don't hop on fads. I don't get taken by by things, and 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 I try to stay consistent with my training um, knowledge. I wouldn't say that that I was necessarily wrong early on, but perhaps misguided a little bit in certain things. And I took, I took training, um, and nutrition and I kept it way too close. Not, not in the fact that you have to, to do training and nutrition, um, that you shouldn't take them into account with each other, but thinking that so much of body composition or fat loss more so had anything to do with training whatsoever, which it just really doesn't. And I know that that is a very, um, outlandish statement to make, but it, it really doesn't. <laughs> um, now how you look does, but, but fat loss, it, it really doesn't. And that I honestly, I came to terms with in like 2007, um, or like 2008. And I realized just how silly it was to think that they, they had anything to do with each other. So I sit back and I look at what a lot of people do and I'm not sitting there being like, Hey, you're wrong or all oh, this, that, and the other. It's not like that, but I don't get caught up in how I'm going to sell you on something based upon a fad. I don't have any agenda. Like I don't, I'm not, I don't have a warrior hunter book. I don't have a, um, any sort of, uh, ketogenic or low carb diet or system. Like I don't have a system I'm trying to sell. And when you don't have a system you're trying to sell, it's really easy not to, all of a sudden have to say, Oh my God, I'm making my entire life off of, off of saying that paleo is a thing or low carb is a thing or intermittent fasting is a thing. And only that thing. And that's the only thing that works. I'm wrong. What am I going to do now? I, and I feel for people that in that position I do, because it's not like I think that they go into it, not believing certain things, but, but uh, there's a certain aspect in which that they're either going to have to change your system and be like, Hey, you know, I was kind of wrong or there's loopholes or, or kind of waver in, into a different zone, or they just simply have to hold fast to it. They just have to hold fast and say, Nope, my chair is locked. My feet are here, flatly planted. I'm not going anywhere. I don't have to deal with that. I just talk about nutrition and research and training. I mean, I don't, I, I talk about mindset. I, I just help people achieve things. There's there's nothing, there's no report that's going to come out that's going to say what I'm doing is wrong. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And and so because of that, I don't really have to worry about anything. And if there's, if there's some sort of report that comes out that says, oh, you know, we found that uh, eating a higher amount of protein per day does this or that eating um, less amounts of these certain kind of fats does that, guess what? I'm just going to tell people that that's what it says because <laughs> nothing I'm – I'm, I'm not attached to anything. I'm not, I don't have a brand in something. My brand is my critical thinking skills in my mind, if you will. And that's always open for new interpretations and to understand things. And because I've done it like that, um, I don't really have anything to worry about. And it's really easy to just say what I want to say. Um, my only problems has ever been with making sure that my polish is good or making sure that my, um, my the content of my quality is really good or that that certain things that I didn't I didn't learn or gain from uni that that certain people know that I, I keep a I keep abreast with. So um that's how I stand firm because I'm not attached to anything. I'm not attached to anyone. I'm not tied to a company. I don't have to worry about uh, pissing off um 
you know, precision nutrition, because I'm not saying what their cert wants me to say, or I don't have to worry about pissing off. And that's, that's not at them. That's just, you know, people get worried. Like they're like, Oh God, what if I say something against this? Or what if I say something against that? Or what if I don't agree with such and such, or I don't have to worry. And it's very freeing. That aspect of it is very freeing because it's almost like being an independent in politics. Yeah. You don't, I don't have to agree with the Republicans. I don't have to agree with the Democrats. I don't, you know, whatever I can do what I want to do. I don't need anybody on my side to say anything. It's also a reason why I think I'm here because I've been around so long. I don't know if I'd be here if I wouldn't have been around so long um, in it because you, you do find that doors get closed to you because of that, um, because you're not willing to attach yourself to something. And I've had doors shut in my face because of that. So it's give and take, but it's honest and it's what it is. So I guess that's kind of my answer. <laughs> I no, guess that was that, good. Yeah. I, yeah. I think if like you trade, like stay true to who you are as a coach, you're going to yeah. be here for the long haul. Whereas a coach that'll like, oh, keto's in. I got to be a keto coach now. I'm going to change my Instagram tagline, and those will just kind of filter out. And all the true coaches will be here for a long time. I think so. You know, like like um, not necessarily. If you look at a lot of the good guys and the and 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 women in the industry, they grow with what comes out, and and maybe sometimes they grow begrudgingly. Like I I, I have a friend, I, I won't put her on blast, but she was very low carb. She was a low carb coach. She was very into it, and then she she realized she was like, ah, this sucks. It's not exactly what I thought it was. You know, it's not like it's bad. It's not like you can't utilize it for techniques, but maybe, maybe I was kind of wrong about things. And she had the guts to say that and to say that she looked at the research and re-identified and, and came out, um, you know, saying that there are aspects of things and we should look at it in different ways. That's awesome. You know, that's amazing. Um, and, and I do think, and I, and I don't want to seem like such an asshole. Like uh, sometimes I think people find something because usually they find something like, this is working for me. Everybody should know about this. This is amazing. You know? (laughs) And, and it's, so it's not like, I think that that guy that all of a sudden becomes hashtag keto is a jerk. You know, I, I, sometimes they're just really excited and they really believe in what they're doing. And they really believe that, that what they're achieving is, is awesome. And, and sometimes things, you know, leaders or doctors or people say things, they have a, I heard this thing about how um, we shouldn't be eating the milk of an animal because, the, you know, we it's not like animals go around like eating females breast milk. Like that was just like actual reasoning for why we should not drink milk. And it was just the most ridiculous thing that he said. Like it was just so ridiculous. But there was this way that he said it. That if you're someone who doesn't think really logically about like the process of like uh, protein in the body and hormones in the body and, and what have you, it kind of made sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it kind of, it kind of worked a little bit. And so you're like, oh man, he's so right. Like that totally makes sense. And, and so they hear something like that and it clicks with them and then they get on this ride I don't hate someone because they got on that ride. I don't judge them because they're getting on that ride. I judge people that manipulate people to get on that ride, like uh, in that when they're doing it in in an impure and manipulative way. That you're a jerk. That you're an asshole. But people that are caught on that ride of something, no, I'm not mad. I don't. I get it. You know, there's a lot of conflicting data out there. What are you supposed to do? I just implore you to whenever you find yourself in the middle of that ride to just maybe pump the brakes and be like, but do I need to do this? Or did that person know what they're saying? Or are there more sides to this than what I'm seeing? And if you do that, you're going to find that you're more in control and the gurus are less in control. And that's where you want to be. You know, that's where you want to be. You want to be in that place. So hope I didn't come off as too much of a judgy dick (laughs) (laughs) because I don't mean to be, I just, you know, that that's what ultimately you want. That, that is. And, and by the way, for the record, some of my best friends are paleo. (laughs) Some of my best (laughs) friends do this or some of my best friends do that. Like, I don't mean like that. It's just, I think it makes it really easy for me to just kind of stay out of all of it. I just stay out of all of it and just some kind of like, no, we're just going to talk about macros and, and the science I know and lifestyle and just try to get you there. And, and it works for me and it works for my clients. So no, that makes sense. Um, so very last question. Um, 
when clients come to any coach, they almost look at this coach as like this perfect human being. They figured out this whole life thing and fitness and health. But a lot of times, like the coach is just like them. It's just, they like doing this. And I almost like wanted to ask, I'm going to start asking this to all my guests, but what's the one thing that you struggle with? Like, is, <laughs> the like one, the just, one thing, the, the one how much thing. time we got, <laughs> the one thing, the one thing I struggle with. Um, uh, absolutely. Uh, God, seriously, I don't even know where to begin, but the first thing that pops into my head is sleep. Sleep is absolutely the thing I struggle with. Um, because, uh, and you're right. I, all of this came about and people were like, God, you're such a cocky little, like you just you think, you know, it all you talk like, you know, it all. Um, I've been through like 95% of the things I'm trying to help you with. That's why <laughs> like I, I've been there. I've done that. I've already been through the torture of some of it. So that's kind of how I can like help you with certain things because I troubleshooted my problems. Uh, and I tried to figure out what was going on, but it's not like I've never been the person being like, I'm eating all this protein. I'm training. Why isn't anything happening? I was there many years ago. Many years ago, I was there. So I've been there. Um, but right now, for me, it's absolutely sleep. I, I already have sleep problems. I have like, uh, I won't get into like the, my, too much of my like uh, biography, but I had a very uh, difficult upcoming. Um, and, and so I've always had very problems with sleep and night terrors and, um, sleep paralysis and things like that. So sleep for me is already, I don't, I love sleeping when it works, but it usually ends in terrors and, and all these kinds of things and waking up or having a hard time falling asleep or what have you. So I, I've gotten myself in the pattern of just working as much as I can or just pushing through and, and trying to get by. And that used to be okay. It used to work fine, but lately I've, I've literally, been dealing with like actual exhaustion not like when people are like oh i'm really tired but like literally like just bouts of like literal exhaustion um and um i i have to focus more and more on if i can't sleep then i have to take time to relax and really decompress and i have to take time to really take care of myself because i'm not a young pup anymore and my body is definitely coming back at me and being like, yeah, we're going to shut you down. You're not going to have a choice. You don't sleep. You don't take care of yourself. We're going to mess you up really good, bro. And, um, and that's what it does now. And it didn't used to do that. That's new. I used to have that like, or whatever, I can go off for two hours. I can go off for nothing. I'm fine. And now I can get four hours or five hours. And it's like, yeah, no. We're still going to mess you up. That's not enough. You need more. Yeah. That's funny that you think you get so. Um, sleep is is absolutely my nemesis um, right now. Um, and it's kind of just in general, taking care of myself and making sure that I'm at top quality. You know, I don't have any more a lot of issues with trying to be compliant with nutrition or training or anything like that. Not because I'm this amazing person, but because I've been through every single problem with nutrition and training and I've solved it for myself. You know, I, I know what I can have in the house and what I can't. I know what I need to do when I have to cut fat and I know how not to gain it. It's, you know, I, I know what I need to do to train and I know what I need to do to not overtrain. I know it now. I, I've been through the, I've been through the circus and I've, you know, I've seen the man behind the curtain. I get it. And so that part's kind of easy. Taking care of myself and, um, pampering and, and, and keeping myself busy through everything that I've got going on and all that. It's, it's, it's hard and that's new and my body's pissed at me now and it's not, it's not taking it anymore. So, um, that's my new zone is making sure that I get enough rest and sleep. But yeah, I, it's not like I wasn't in all those other places at some point or another before. All right. Perfect. <laughs> um, so very last question, where can people find you online? What's your website? Any new projects coming out? Just go plug away. Oh, I get the plug plug time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, Leap Hill is my name and you can put it in the Google, Google me bitch. Um, that, that part's easy. Um, I do have, uh, I, I have a waiting list for clients if you're interested. Um, I, I really do cycle through clients very quickly. I move them from program design to accountability, which means basically I help them figure out their programs and what they need to do. And then I follow up with just accountability and keep them in an accountability cycle so that they do it, but it's not too hard on me. So my program designs themselves and getting to know you is very expensive, but the accountability is actually pretty cheap. So, um, I have that. 
And you can get on the waiting list for that. And we literally will like text you when there's spots open. And um, then I have the Clutch Society, which is my membership site. And um, you get Facebook group that's private. Um, it's 995. Um, you get um, a, a, a weekly course that delivers to your email where you get um, page after pages of reports, audio uh, and quizzes and assignments and stuff like that that last the course of 52 weeks. Um, and then we every eight weeks, or eight to 12 weeks, we have challenges and we'll do prizes for the challenges. And just to keep you accountable, you can keep up with accountability partners. You talk to people in there. Um, it's a good group of people. Um, there's about like 200 active uh, just on the membership, but the, I think there's only like 130 or so in the actual Facebook group. But um, so it, and it's pretty, it's pretty cool. It's a nice community there. Everybody's really positive, um, pumps you up, all, all kinds of good stuff like that. So that's, that's my stuff. Plug me. I'm working on my books and then reproducing them and updating the material. Um, and then I have a new one that's going to be coming out about a year and a half after that. So there's stuff in the works. I'm out there. I'm going to be out there for a while unless I don't sleep and my body gives out. And then, <laughs> then I have people that are going to carry on my legacy anyway. Yeah. So that's it. That's my plug. That's awesome. Like th- this past hour went by so freaking fast. Like <laughs> I got, I just want to keep talking. That was, uh, that was amazing. But I think we should definitely get you on again for like a part two or something like that. Ooh, a part two. Yay. Yeah. I love a part two. <laughs> so thank you so much for your time. This was amazing. You're very welcome. It was great being on. Thank you for letting me talk so frankly. All right, so that's going to wrap up episode 56 with Lee Peel, part one. Hopefully you enjoyed that one as she is just freaking plain awesome. So a couple things I wanted to bring up is number one, the official Cut to Shit Get Fit t-shirts are available. So I posted the other day uh, a link on my social media on Facebook Instagram, Twitter, there is a link to a website where you can purchase these t-shirts and they're limited for time. So there's only seven days where they're going to be available and they won't be available again until next year during the anniversary date of this podcast. So if I was you, I would definitely go click that link and purchase one, help support the show and just tell me how much you enjoy it. And number two, the Transformation Challenge. It's about to start uh, for the VIP uh, pre-sale list. So get your name on there to be sure to get a spot on it because this thing does sell out. I'm only taking 20 people. So anything after that, you know, sorry, good luck, maybe next year. Um, So check out empowerhp.ca forward slash transform pre-sale get your name on the list and you will get an email 24 hours before the link to register before anybody else so you can get a spot and i'll see you guys all next week let me know if you have any feedback for the show and until next time